Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. I'm Grace Redmond, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Real Talk, where I get to have real-life, raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created fabulous. Today, my fabulous guest is Melissa Keenan. Melissa is a keynote speaker, international and USA Today bestselling author. Melissa is the go-to intuitive intimacy expert for the top 1%. She helps high-achieving business owners have more confidence, connection, and ease and trust in their personal relationships through mastery of intimacy and masculine and feminine energy. More than just a four-year coach or a certified master of the Gibson Banning Method, Melissa is a true expert on healing broken and strained relationships, starting with her own. Having overcome separation from her husband and the hurt of betrayal and ultimately rebuilding and repairing her marriage, Melissa now has supported women, men, and couples to feel seen, heard, cherished, appreciated, and fully expressed in their relationships while expanding their business. When she's not in the middle of everyone's private lives, you'll find her dancing, singing, working, and praying at her hobby ranch in Northern Nevada, where she lives with her husband, CJ, and their four children. Please help me welcome Melissa Keenan to the show today. Hi. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, sister. Me too. Thank you so much. So many layers, so many layers to, you know, the subjects and what what you teach and, and what you bring to the table. Before so I, she brought me on, she said her intention was that we would laugh our butts off. And I'll bet you that that's part of her intention for everything. But literally while you were reading that, that bio, bios to me are so stuffy and you know, it's like, wah, wah, wah. but people need to know what you've accomplished. And I was literally sitting here thinking, what is the funniest way I could come on? I was like, I could pretend I'm picking my nose. I could pretend I'm not, like, not paying attention. I was like thinking of all these funny things I could do. No, just your personality and yourself is fun. Just what you teach is fun. I mean, intimacy is, is fun. It moves us into a, such a higher vibration and the flow. It's delicious. It's delicious. I love that you say that. So often people associate intimacy with kind of um, like a heaviness, like closeness and connection often comes with like vulnerability, which means sharing stuff that is hard to share. But intimacy is so fun. So I love that you said that, Grace. <laughs> And, and it is scary too, depending on how you look at it. When you, when we talk about intimacy and deep connection, girl, people run, they run, for the, <laughs> I'm not going to swear, but they run for the woods. They run for the woods. So true. And um, just myself recently, I would say in the last year, 18 months, and I want to have you to touch on this. I've, I've started to hear the masculine and feminine energy. 
And I didn't realize that for the majority of my life, I was living in my masculine energy and, and now making an effort over the last year to move into my feminine. And it, it's it's amazing. So can you speak to us about that, that yin and the yang? Yeah, that's been a huge part of my own journey, too. And I mean, why I am an intimacy expert has a lot to do with the fact that I felt really disconnected and didn't feel like I had any intimacy in my life. And a huge reason was because, you know, when you have a lot of hard things happen in your life, you enter into survival and survival plays in a masculine field. It's like, how much can I control what's measurable um, and how can I keep myself protected and safe. And so, I mean, I, I operated that way and I came into my marriage and into motherhood just like that, like with my, you know, teeth dug in and my nails dug in and like, you like, I'm clawing the hill trying to get to the top of who knows what, like, right. <laughs> right? I, feel you. I feel you. It was like, it, I felt like most of my life I've been in survival mode, not even realizing it, which is we're conditioned that way. And yeah. I didn't realize that as a woman, um, unconsciously, I had felt like I had to step into the masculine to achieve. Yeah. To succeed. Yep. And it's and that, do, that pressure to do, do, do yeah. and produce is so, so high in our society. So, so when I um, actually, the way that I was introduced to the feminine was um, I was on a call with an energy healer and all of that felt very weird to me because I wasn't raised with any of that stuff. Um, even being on the call was like, whoo. But then during the call, she was like, I can see this angel. And her name was Valley Spirit, which I found out later. She's like a saint or kind of a deity sort of guide of some sort. I'm, I probably won't do it justice because I'm not Taoist, but in the Tao faith, and she said she's pacing back and forth and she's wringing her hands because she's so worried about you because you are so out of balance in your masculine energy. That was the first I had ever heard of it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, I was what? Like, okay. like when I've heard those things, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. Like what? And, you know, and then she's like, here's this book. You should read this book. And the first book I ever read about it, I got it and I was like 20 pages in. And I was like seething with each page, like the deeper I got into this book about, and it was feminine and marriage and, and really, I don't super support this book, but it did help launch me on my journey. Um, but this book in particular kind of has woven in some of the cultural aspects of feminine too. So it was a little bit housewifey, you know, that kind of vibe. <laughs> anyway, I'm like 20 pages in and I remember sitting in my apartment and I shut the book across the room. Like, I'm not reading this thing. I hate it. <laughs> and what do you mean by like feminine as far as the housewife? What do you mean? Like what was, what was the Yeah. Thing? So there's a difference between cultural feminine and feminine or yin energy. And we get them all convoluted all the time. Like, um, I can't tell you how often women will come to me and I'll get women who will say, I love how you paint your nails or like, they want me to like teach them like girliness. And that's not at all what I do. Like go to your salon. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of that because I love that. Like that's part of just me being in my play and my inner child and stuff. But um, that's not what true feminine energy is. True feminine energy is is different. And it, it behooves us to ask ourselves, like, what is culturally seen as feminine and what is feminine energy? So, so yeah, you know, uh, different cultures have different, like, takes on what this means. But 
um, you know, some pieces in this particular book that I see in kind of ingrained still in our society is like, the woman needs to cook all the meals. The woman needs to have the, the meals ready on time. The woman needs to be in charge of the house. The woman is the one that's primarily in charge of the nurture of the children. Like some of those things that actually are part of our cultural feminine. And we get to decide now, right? Like I'm a woman. Do I want these things or not? <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable because, and I write about this in my epilogue. Well, that was me. Mm-hmm. That was me. That was like, mm-hmm. go to work, be perfect, get the food on. Like I'm getting emotional, make sure the food's on the table, make sure the cook, the house is clean. Um, and wow, like what self-sabotage, but I didn't realize it was self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was being the good woman. You were doing everything perfect. And then it's like, we get to that point and we're like, okay, I'm doing everything perfectly. Why do I feel like I'm going to die on the inside? Why do I feel like I'm going to die? And then why am I not getting shit back? (laughs) Because I was doing it from a place of fear and lack. Mm -hmm. Fear and lack instead of, you know, the power of the feminine divine, which is different. Uh, and that's like something I've had to also, what, what does that mean? What, so what does that mean to you? What does the feminine divine mean to you? So divine feminine to me, I actually, I actually make those into three separate distinctions, cultural Love feminine, yin feminine, and the divine feminine. To me, the divine feminine is actually a beautiful blend of yin and yang. And so is divine masculine. It's a beautiful blend of yin and yang. It's um, it's actually just being so deeply connected to who you really are that whatever is being called forward from you at any given point, that's what you stand in and you just embody it because that's who you are. So that's what divine feminine really is. That's beautiful. And I'm learning like we, we all men, women, whatever you identify is. And we all have both the masculine and the feminine within us. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm still learning. The masculine is more of the doing and the feminine is more of the being. Yep. That feminine yin is, is focused on being, sensing, going inward rather than looking outward. Um, It's flow rather than a lot of structure. Um, it's a lot of trust and being in that space of like believing and faith as opposed to knowing and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of like the, the woo stuff. So a lot of times women will come to me in terms of their relationship and be like, I'm so worried I'm going to outgrow my partner because I'm doing all this spiritual growth and development. Well, stereotypically for men, They haven't been given place and space to even go into any of that woo stuff. But also, it's not actually true to their immediate nature. If men maybe carry more masculine energy, if that's something that you subscribe to, that's what I subscribe to. Naturally, men carry more uh, masculine energy. Then it's not really their first nature to do all this going inward and, you know, playing with the ethereal and stuff like that. So it's actually right. That is more in the feminine space. Mm -hmm. So it's actually kind of our, 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 like kind of our torch to carry is to be the way showers of this Mm -hmm. spiritual way. I love that. The torch carriers. And you're right. You know, I'm a mother of two sons and, and I, and I have a husband and I've been doing the work and, and, and so, 
like that that's a fear that is a fear that's something I'm struggling with like what happens in that situation but you just you know said it so beautifully like we're the way showers um the other thing it, about that grace is that our like our men when they show up just straight I just wrote an email about this straightforward playful go with the flow. They're very black and white. They're very, uh, you know, I'm just here for what's present in front of me. They are actually so divine in their humanness. And if we can can allow ourselves to like see and just embrace, like this is teaching me so much. There is nothing wrong with this. It just looks different. My experience looks different than my husband's experience. And my husband actually is pretty spiritual. Like he was raised in, uh, you know, deep in a faith that really supports spirituality and whatever. But I still feel like my experience of, of my spirituality looks different than his. And we always get to like check ourselves, right? When we find ourselves judging that, it really comes back to our own fear. <laughs> right? Right. That's right. And also meeting the other person where they're at on their journey. which hasn't been easy, you know, because you want like, come on, let's play. Let's get to this place. But we're all the student and the teacher. Yep. Always. And, and Eckhart Tolle, I read this um, in the power of now. And he said, our relationships, you know, both platonic and especially our romantic relationships are the most dysfunctional because they trigger, um, you know, they bring up our our trauma, but that's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing. It's so we can learn and heal from each other. And -hmm. I think that's the most beautiful, um, way to heal is when we we not fix each other but when we're in this together and help each other grow um and well trust trust each other yeah yeah so so true you talk about trust so much you know i've heard you talk about trust yeah and i think that's trust is such a huge piece when you talk about being in that feminine space um and i actually just wanted to quickly say hi helen thanks for saying you can see it. A wonderful, yes, yes. Honoring each other's differences is so important. Yeah, he's joining us from Ireland. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So that that trust space is so. Um, uh, how do we trust someone who's clearly imperfect? We're all that, imperfect. That's the thing that I see so many women wrestle with. Women wrestle with this more than men because we're conditioned to believe that like our husband's always supposed to be the rock. Our partner is always supposed to be consistent and stable and provide that sense of safety and protection for us. But it's actually up to us to redefine what some some of that looks like and means. And to me, if I have a trust that starts from the inside out, it's like actually a trust with the universe. It's a trust with God or my higher power. It's a trust deep within myself. Then it's so much easier for me to see my husband just as he is with his strengths and weaknesses and everything and still trust because I have a trust in the big plan. I know my husband can't screw up the big plan for me in my life. Yeah. And that's what I love is that's what I wanted to get to the deeper meaning of trust. It's trust in yourself. And when I trust in myself and trust in the universe, trust in God, then regardless of what's going to unfold, I know no matter what, it's all well, it's all going to be okay. All is well. Yeah. And that's not easy to do to trust in, you know, the the higher power, but I, I truly believe that. 
She, you said Helen's joining from Ireland. We just finished watching this super adorable show that's based from Ireland that really illustrates exactly what we're talking about. Have you ever seen the, it's an animated show called um, Song of the Sea? No, but I will definitely check it out. You have to. It's so good because the little brother um, through the whole thing is toting around his little sister and she's mute. But she's mute because she's actually a selkie, which means she can turn into a seal. And there's this whole adventure they go on and whatever. But like um, the brother is so in this masculine energy space, right? Uh, he he is the one that's capable that can say stuff. And he's also older and he's always telling her I'm in charge and stuff. <laughs> and she actually is like commuting with these little like spiritual things all the time. And like will like throw wrenches in the plan, in his plans all the time. But her way is always like more divine or like leads them to the next step and stuff. And I just think that is the women in our marriages are that masculine and the men are really kind of that feminine, like, no, I'm, I think I'm going to go check this out. And we're the ones that are like, no, 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 it has to be done this way. Right. Until we wake up and realize and embrace some of that feminine. Then we start to see like, oh my gosh, I had a friend just share with me the other day, her husband, um, her husband is like, Joe Farmer, he's out on, you know, working his trees and his orchard and his mud puddle that he turned into a pond, like every day. This is like Joe Farmer guy, right? And uh, he could see she was having a tough time and he grabbed her by the shoulders and he said, go to town, go get your favorite drink and just go to town and take some time today. And she's like, okay. And she goes to town and literally someone at the next table over from her sits down next to her and and she makes a client, <laughs> it's awesome. a dream client, right? And her husband's not like this enlightened. He didn't sit and meditate under a tree for five hours to get that answer. He's just, <laughs> he's just Joe Farmer, right? And he's like, hey, you need to go do some self-care. And it was so divine. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I love that flow because it's so necessary. And, and something, you know, you said, you know, I'm going to ask the question, um, you're right. Like we, you know, being the mom to two boys and having my husband, it's like, I'm that nurturer, but you're right. So often I'm in the masculine where I'm like, okay, we need to do this and get this done. Not realizing like they're in the flow. Like my son's like, relax. Why are you so stressed? And he's right. he's, you know, he's right. Um, but I want to go to, there, there's two questions I want to touch on. Um, you know, why, why, why do you think that men struggle to really authentically express themselves and, and how can we support them? Yeah, so much in society. I've been delving deep into this this year. So much in society has our men feeling like um, the last thing I could ever do is be myself, right? So um, in talking with a lot of men, it shows up in every area of their life in, uh, in the workplace because it's like if I... Um, if I say what I'm thinking, it could be twisted. Somebody's going to take offense. They're not going to catch the real meaning behind what I'm saying. It could even worst case scenario turn into like a lawsuit. Somehow it's twisted, made into sexual harassment or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in the workplace, that's what he's feeling. But probably even more so at home. It's like, well, I really like I really think this comes from the desires of their heart. Like they're good. 
They For want sure. their wife to be happy. They want their home to be happy, right? Absolutely. I believe that. Often, right? But so they will just hold back what they're thinking, what they're feeling, because they've learned from experience that if they say something and it's taken the wrong way, you know, that, that that's not good. And so a lot of times men will um, say what they don't mean, or they will make promises that they actually don't intend to keep just to try to make like keep the peace. I mean, that's awful for us. That feels like deep betrayal. Like just say what you mean and be, right. and mean what you say. And you that's know, friend. She's, that's her saying, say what you mean and mean what you say. Right. And I don't think it's wrong of us to want that and work no. towards that, but to have some compassion for the fact that, you know what? Nobody has probably ever given him a soft landing place to actually say what he thinks and actually say how he feels. And where that really shows up is things that he feels weak and vulnerable about, mm. you know, like him saying, like, I actually am deeply unhappy at my job and I don't know what to do about it. Or I'm unhappy at my job. You hear me talk about it all the time, but the truth is I'm terrified to move because I don't want to let down the family. Mm. It's things like that where what we end up doing when we're in the masculine place is we jump in and we try to fix it. Mm. We give them all this advice because we can't stand to see them in a vulnerable state. That's the hard truth of it, right? Because that mm. makes me feel unsafe. This guy, he's supposed to be all, all this safety and everything. So it it really, for these women who, you know, were like, I'm so spiritual and I'm doing all this work, it really um, behooves us to actually do that inner work of trust so that we can greet our husband's vulnerability yes. with a maturity that says, it's okay that you have weaknesses sometimes. And, and I do too. We all do. Yeah. And just honoring that. And again, I keep going back to my sons. Like I want them to understand and I'm making an effort to let them know, like it's okay to express yourself and how you're feeling. That's actually, it's, it's not weak because the, I think there is this, well, cultural message or, or worldly message. When a man expresses himself, it's weak. And it's funny because I had a girlfriend, she was looking, you know, for a partner and she wanted someone who was sensitive. And then she witnessed a gentleman be sensitive and she flipped out. And I'm like, wait a second, you wanted someone who's not only strong, but sensitive. And now he's showing you he's sensitive and you're totally, you know, ripping him apart. Mm -hmm. So I agree as women, like holding that space to allow them, you know, to, to be vulnerable um, and, and, and teaching them also what we need and how to meet our needs as well. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's so intimacy really is a, a reciprocal thing. We can't ever go more intimate with someone else than we've been willing to go with ourselves mm -hmm. into me see. Yes. I love how you say that. I've heard you say that before into me see. Yeah. And we can't expect someone else to see and deeply understand and know and validate us deeper than we've been willing to do it for ourselves. So it's this reciprocal thing back and forth, back and forth. And um, my husband and I really have gone through a deep journey with that. I mean, when we married, we were so young, I was 20 and he was 22. 
And I think we both looked at each other like, oh, you know, he definitely had me on a pedestal. She's my savior. She's so pure and good. And like just being near her, I'm sure all these, you know, parts of me that I don't love are going to just be healed. Of course, Mm -hmm. that didn't happen. And vice versa, I was like, he's my knight in shining armor. He had just returned from a mission. It was like, you don't get shinier than that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the fairy tale Disney, you know, feeds us. That's you know, right. The That's prince right. in shining armor, or you know, is going to come and save us and rescue us. And in reality, that's a fairy tale. That's why they call it fairy tale. We, we, and I've heard you say this as well. So we're on the same page. It comes from us. We have to, quote unquote, I mean, save ourselves. Yeah, a thousand percent. And really, my husband tried so hard to be everything that um I wanted him to be. I thought I wanted him to be, and. And I always found it was never enough. It was never enough until I started giving myself what I needed. It was never enough to come from him. That's the, that's the hard truth, right? Is like, we think, oh, well, when someone will love me in just this right way, I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. But happiness and fulfillment doesn't come from that. It comes from us giving it to ourselves. So when women come to me, I, I, a, a deep unspoken thing that many women carry, especially those of us who've been kind of indoctrinated in this masculine heralded world is we really want to be cherished. We yes. actually really want to be cherished and adored and right. And that's a, that's a desire. It's almost like some women listening might be like, no, because it's all, that's kind of like been pushed away. Poo pooed. You're not supposed to want that, but deep down, right. There's that little girl in us who's like dresses twirling. and Yes. I'm not going to front. I want to be adored, of course. Mm -hmm. And, and the reality is when, when a woman comes to me and I recognize this deep desire in her, I teach her how to cherish herself first. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's no amount of anybody else cherishing her. She can't even recognize places and spaces where people are already cherishing her. She doesn't know how to receive. Yes. Give it to herself, opens herself up to receive. And crazy stuff has happened in the time we've done this. One woman's husband like had never bought her gifts and ended up that Christmas buying her $10,000 worth of gifts, like all this stuff. And another woman, and these are just tangible examples, like there's other stuff, but like another woman's husband bought her a Tesla. She was going out like shopping for a Nissan or some, you know, Kia, some little cheap car. And he's like better and butter Tesla. I love it. it. Never, never has he done this. And Mm -hmm. it's just we create all that space, right? She would find herself flowers weekly Mm -hmm. at that point. And then boom, he's like, no, you need a Tesla. I love that. It's funny you talk about buying flowers because I buy myself flowers all the time. And there's two points I want to make. And um and Mike walked in the house the other day and had flowers for me. And I'm like, what is that? What is that for? Like, you know, I'm not used to that. And, and I, I said, Grace, stop. And, and I appreciated it. And it was because I was starting to make space, you know, because I'm always working on myself. Um, and I was making space. And so that's a beautiful example, the Tesla, the flowers. One thing that, you know, you said was we have to be open to receive. And I feel, and if you can speak on this, like we self-sabotage. We don't feel good enough. So we get into situations where maybe that person's open to give us and adore us, but we don't feel good enough. So we run. 
Mm-hmm. It's so true. And so we don't allow ourselves to receive that intimacy because we're afraid. It's so true. And we take off. And probably the biggest area where I see that showing up is physical intimacy. Mm. So it's because it's all the way down into that deep root of, I don't even deserve pleasure. Yeah. Like at the very base, you know, Um, and that was true for me too. Like when I really started, um, so I didn't, I don't want anything to do with sex. I was so shut down for years. And when I started to really work on that and understand like what was going on and kind of begin to blossom again in that space, it was just giving myself permission to like, even enjoy the flavors in my food, even enjoy the smells of the flowers that were growing in my backyard, like, or giving myself permission to feel things or, or even being okay with like touching myself, just Mm -hmm. feeling any kind of pleasure. I had to like, it was a deep thing. I had to like say, it's okay for me to have pleasure. As a matter of fact, there's a beautiful song um, by Maria Stark and it's called, it's okay to feel good. And that's through the whole song. It's okay to feel good over and over and over. I love that song and, and, you know, sharing that with clients because that's a huge thing. We just, I think that uh, it's almost like we have to retrain ourselves to um, letting go of the belief that our birthright is suffering and this life is only about suffering. (laughs) Please, please. And I talk about that in my book. We do not, we choose our suffering, you know, and I've chosen my suffering in the past too. Yeah. Um, I love how you bring up the, 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 the physical that, uh, we don't give ourselves permission and there, there's a deeper root there. Um, it's, it's so important to connect on that level. And I didn't realize how many people are so disconnected from that part of them. Like I was floored. Um, and it's so, you know, touch and just connecting on that level is, is, um, it's also an incredible way to create and go into like this higher vibration that we're never taught. We're just taught, okay, sex is physical and this is what it is, but it's so, it's one of the most incredible creative um, processes that there are. I don't want to call it a process, not a process. Help me out. It's one of the most creative energies that there is. It is. It's so sacred. And I think that, I mean, that's a very layered loaded thing, right? Where we get um, so twisted around that, but there's um, like, there's obviously like the ways that the world has taken and convoluted and used this to harm people use sex in general to objectify women and all of that. So there's that, that we get to like unpeel and, you know, release our ancestral trauma, if not our own trauma around all that, then there's like the other side of the pendulum, which has been, you know, from heavily from religion, which I think, often does a good job of teaching that it's sacred and it's, you know, whatever, but also then does a lot of damage too. Yes, like it's it's wrong. And, you know, you better be scared all the time because you right. don't want to go outside of these certain boundaries. And um, there's this beautiful, like divine path in the middle, which is what you're describing. And that's honestly something I have a really hard time articulating like intimacy coaches across the board express what they do in so many different ways. And I'm not one who's ever going to post pictures of myself in lingerie to convey that I know my sexual worth. I'm just not going to do that. It's not me. There is this like path down the middle that is so hard 
to talk about because, and I'll use a scripture verse. It's like casting pearl before swine. Only those who really are like, like seeking to heal and seeking to go like, wait a minute, there's this part of me. It's gotta be like purposeful. Like I want to reconnect with it that will hear my message and go, Oh, I think she gets it. Like, (laughs) you know, so it's, otherwise the world wants to trample all over it and it's it's funny when I was started writing my book several years ago um I really wanted to write this chapter about owning your sexy and I was so like I felt ashamed and like and I called my friend I'm like I really want to write this chapter I don't even know what it's going to sound like but I'm intuitively guided she's like you have to well of course it was an evolution and finally I wrote the chapter but it really had nothing to do with the physical act of sex it was more about us and owning our sensuality and being okay with it and, and part of the feminine divine because it's such incredible energy. But yes, it's so multi-layered and I love how you um, talked about it. But I think it's important for us men and women to start talking about that because I feel like so many of us um, struggle when we don't when we don't need to because this is a very beautiful, I mean, for it's a very beautiful thing to embrace. Um, and I'm glad that we're even just touching on the topic um, and putting it out there. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me say one more thing. Cause I know we both have a lot of um, business owner uh, followers, right? Is this is my favorite thing to throw in here. Um, you know, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, if you read yes. Think and Grow Rich, great times. So there's the one chapter where he talks about the emotion of sex. Have you read that version? I, I, I did read it. It's been a long time, but I, I know. Because in later, later prints of this book, they literally removed the chapter. I don't know who made the executive decision. Napoleon Hill was gone already. I don't know who made the decision, but they pulled that chapter out because I think for most of us, if you have that version of the book, you're reading along and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it feels so good and right. And you know what you think about and who you believe you are, and then you manifest it. And then there's this chapter about the emotion of sex. And it's just sort of like, Oh, I think I'll just but skip it's, it's so true. And that's what brings me to, you know, you're working with the top 1% of business owners um, mm-hmm. on, you know, owning their intimacy and sensuality and that helps them be more successful and creative I and mean, that's what he was talking about that's exactly that's what, what he was talking, talking about, about. <laughs> he was far 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 ahead of his time he really was i mean napoleon hill is one of my favorite favorite authors i mean there's this is going on a tangent but one of his books his family wouldn't let it be released until i think it was 2011 i'm not sure but he wrote it in 1927 outwitting the devil so napoleon hill is um yes way far ahead of his time but you know this kind of leads us to you like you say you work with these incredible women the top one percent um on these uh, on intimacy and again it's not having to do with the physical act but once they step into that they create even more abundance and increase their prosperity so there's something there Well, it makes sense, right? Like if you just bring it down to a super logical place, if you're feeling super turned on in your relationship and at home, it makes sense that you're going to feel, show up at work and feel super turned on and be a big creator. And there's lots of energetic science-y stuff that we could get into around that. But like on a really basic level, doesn't that make sense? Like if you were open and alive at home, of course you're going to feel more open and alive and inspired at work. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes. And, and what a great, and also it's not like, I know a lot of single women, you don't have to be in um, a, a commit or, or in a relationship to feel that flow. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if, so with the women that maybe not be in a relationship and they're step, you know, you're working with them, how do you help them to kind of create that prosperity? Because a lot of times when you think intimacy, you're thinking two people together. Yep. Um, and I have had many clients who are single or even who are going through divorce and it's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, nobody ever resonates with me if they don't actually still believe in, in relationships and partnerships, but people who believe that like, those are still a good thing and they, and they want to call that in and they want, you know, if they're going through divorce, they want to like call in something better than their last experience, that sort of thing. Um, it really is the same. It's about um, being connected to your pleasure mm -hmm. and being connected to your play and your creativity, yeah. uh, you know, landing in your feminine energy or making more space for that in your life. Um, it's all the same. And I've seen really cool things happen with women with that um, one woman that I interviewed in my group. Uh, once we worked together, she was excited and willing to share that, you know, she magnetized in this great partner. And then they were together for like eight months and they both up leveled so much together. But when the eight months were over, she felt like the relationship was complete. So but even that it was like it wasn't a devastation to her anymore because she had created this space in herself. Mm -hmm. So now she's back in the dating world and she's back in the play and the, you know, mm -hmm. following her pleasure and following her inspirations. And, um, that's the, that's the whole thing. It's more about what I would love to see is the world where people understood that intimacy is actually a state of being. Yes. It's like a, it's an openness, a closeness, a connection with everything around you. I love that. And, um, you might know Alison Chavez, she was someone that um, I interviewed not too long ago, and she talked exactly about that. She'd flirt with life, play, mm -hmm. don't play enough, have fun. And I love how you express that, that intimacy is about playing and having fun and being open. And connection, I think connection is so important for us as human beings. And I feel like we, we've lost that connection with ourselves. And if we don't have that connection with ourselves, it's going to be difficult to connect with people you know, outside of us. Yeah. So for those that are watching, what's one way that they can start connecting with themselves to kind of have more of an intimate relationship with themselves? Yeah. So I love to guide people. Um, and this is beneficial, whether you've done a lot of personal development or very little personal development is to just feel your feelings. So I have a guide on my website that's free that you can go download that takes you through this process of like something that's upsetting to me and just getting in tune with from the neck down. What am I sensing? What am I feeling? And then what is that indicating about what I deeply value? That's where we um, connect to our intuition and allow that to draw forward. Um, and then there's like a piece there where it's like, okay, now that I have this awareness, maybe I could vocalize that to someone else and share that with someone else and be seen or be held around this thing. So, um, so just at the most basic level, you'd be surprised how often I'm like, oh, you haven't felt your feelings yet. I get in with a client, you know, and I've got clients paying me very high ticket. It doesn't matter how much personal development you've done. It's like, 
just taking that time to pause and actually feel the feelings in your body and let that energy flow through so you can get to the other side, get to your intuition about what it is that you're needing in a situation. Yeah. Then, the final piece of that is actually being willing to share that with somebody else, like bringing someone else into your experience. That's so beautiful. And I did, I downloaded the guide and I was like, oh. you know, it was very reflective and I was thinking about it. So it's, so for those of you watching, watching the replay, definitely, um, and we'll give Melissa's um, website in a bit, um, definitely go and download that guide. And, and something that you talked about was people aren't feeling their feelings. Um, so what, is that what you call the shutdown response? I know we talked about that. Um, is that what it is? The shutdown response when you're not feeling your feelings? You know, yes. Um, but I think that there's a lot of ways that we don't feel our feelings. Like that doesn't have to manifest as shutting down. To me, the shutdown response is more, um, kind of in the lines of like fight, flight, or freeze or fawn, um, all those Fs, yes. uh, that oh, a lot of Fs, I like that. All those Fs. Fs. <laughs> right so um but we will see that like and and usually there's one partner that does it more than the other and i would say stereotypically we see that men tend to yeah. pull this like shut down um more than women that's not to say that you know right. women do too for sure or, exactly um but no, actually, sometimes that can be someone really feeling their feelings, but just shutting down to the other person. Got it. Um, you know, uh, and that can be for so many reasons. What I often find a lot of times women will say to me, he doesn't want to know how I feel either. Like if I share, he feels like I'm attacking him and he shuts down. And typically what that usually means is they haven't found their flow of communication that works for the two of them. Um, there are more plethora ways of communication and I help support people find what really works for them around that so that they can communicate what they're feeling. Typically when people say, I said what I felt and they felt attacked, if they felt attacked, it's very likely you didn't use feelings. You probably actually used judgments and evaluations and opinions mm -hmm. and, and likely they were hurtful. So we just get to like break that down, kind of look at some of those things. There's a lot we can do around the shutdown response to help support people, whether they're the ones that shut down or their partner is the one that shuts down. And that's something that you definitely teach um, in your teachings and in your coaching yeah. for sure. Yeah. One, one thing um, I one thing I wanted to touch on, I know this is kind of pulling us away because there's so many things we can talk about. Um, you talked about business tactics that tactics that pull us away from our intuition and gaslight us. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could, we could do a whole session. And I know like, like I could be here with you forever, but I wanted, um, I wanted to touch on that. I know I'm taking this on a tangent, but I think it's so important. It really is for business owners because, and I just wrote a post about this today. So if you go to my Facebook and read my profile, you'll read this whole post that I wrote, just wrote about this today because, um, because I think so much of the personal development space and particularly the online business space is full of toxicity. I think that maybe more of it is designed to harm us than is designed to help us. I didn't know that going into this space. I really, I came in just naive and doughy eyed and like, oh, there's all this hope and joy and rainbows and I can make as much money as I want and help people and right. Yes. It's amazing. 
and there's the side of it. Yeah. And then there's this other side of it is, is that, um, boy, if I were to just speak one thing into this, what would I want to speak into this? Our, um, we are taught so many strategies. You have to be in all these different places. You have to be doing all these different things. But um, where we get hung up is that we assume that the people we, we go to to teach us these things are better than us and therefore know more than us. And we don't run the teachings through our own filter, through our own intuitive filter to go, does this even excite me? Do I actually see myself doing this, you know, for hours every day for the next five years? Like, is this something that really will fuel, um, you know, me, my business? Uh, we, we, those are the pieces that we don't learn. Yes, um, so we end that. up, you know, feeling so shut down in our businesses. And it's like, well, it's okay. It's all for the goal. And when I hit this certain number goal, then I'm going to feel alive again in my business. But what you find out is you hit those goals. I did. And then it was like, well, it didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't even celebrate when I crossed six figures. because I was too focused on seven figures. Mm -hmm. And to like, I had to like dismantle the whole thing, like get my soul back. Right. It's a, it's the soul thing and it's intuitive and doing yeah. those things you like. And again, the play, the fun, the flow. Uh, and, and, and I've had to do that too, kind of step back. And that's mm -hmm. why I loved how you brought that up and then just do what works for me. Yeah, exactly. And it's energetic. Yeah. And it breaks my heart because um, because I do primarily work with business women, I hear women say over and over like, yeah, you know what? Like they'll, they'll, you know, share their whole marriage stuff with me, which is hard for people to bring up and say, and it's vulnerable. And when it really comes down to it, it's like, well, you know what? I just don't want it to distract me from my goals. And so often I'm like, who set these goals? Did you set these goals? Is this your heart's goals? Or is this like some coachy goals that told you this was supposed to be the goals? And, you know, and, and maybe when everything works out, then you'll have time for your marriage. Then you'll have time. And what they're actually saying is, I don't have time for my heart. Because their heart is the reason why they're on the call talking to me about their marriage, talking to me about their intimacy. It's not because they're trying to do something nice for their husband. Nobody ever hires an intimacy coach because they're trying to do something nice for their husband. They just don't. <laughs> what, what do we hire you for? What's in it for me? <laughs> well, everything we do is to, it goes back to how is it going to benefit me? Exactly. How's it going to benefit me? Yeah. My husband, because I want something to benefit me. Like I want exactly. attention or I want something from, you know, to benefit me. It's just human um, nature. It's human nature. So, yeah. So, but really, why does she want that? It's because it's going to benefit her. You feel good. Because I don't have time. Like this is going to be a distraction. I don't want to be distracted from my goals. I'm focusing on, you know, my business and my scaling and whatever she is saying. I have locked my heart out. It's so sad. That's that. Well, that's the aha moment right there. You know, because you think that um, I'm focusing on the business, but what underneath it is a self-sabotage because I don't have time for myself to do this. And under that is fear. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Girl, girl, I can be here with you for hours. We definitely have to bring you back because there are so many different, you know, places that we could take this. So many different layers, I think was amazing. Um, we, I think we brought up some subjects that really don't get talked about that are really important for us to talk about. And I'm so grateful for you for being here and, and doing this work. And I would definitely love to have you on again in the new year. And for those that are watching right now live and for the replay, where can they find you? Yes. So um, come to Facebook. If you're on Facebook, that's the easiest way is Melissa Keenan on Facebook. Find me there. And I have a free Facebook group, Women Manifesting Intimacy. You can just type that into your search. But um, if you're not on Facebook or you want to go check out my website, www.melissakeenan.com, which is spelled M-E-L-I-S-A-K-E-E-N-A-N.com. And that's where you'll find my free guide and tons of other free resources, um, you know, podcast interviews speaking things, YouTube, all that stuff. Really great resources. And um, definitely check out Melissa. So many incredible um, points and podcasts. Your story itself is incredible. We didn't even touch on your story, um, but it's definitely on her website. It's amazing. Um, Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for those that are watching. I know that there are a hundred thousand or a thousand different places you could be. And we appreciate you being here with us today. I'm, I'm really really grateful for you. And I wish you an incredible rest of the week. And listen, if you have questions um, from myself, from Melissa um, on the replay, feel free to put them in and we'll definitely come back to answer them. Until then, I really wish you a lot of fun, play um, and connection and flirtiness because it feels fun. It puts you in the flow. Melissa, hang on with me. Great. Thanks, Grace. My pleasure. Love you guys. love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.